We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what is up green bay packers fans welcome back to another edition of the pack a day podcast i'm your host jacob morley and i am joined today by the one and only trey watson ladies and gentlemen Joe Barry is safe. According to the press conference from Matt LaFleur, that is happening quite literally while, while we are uh, recording this, um, and I'm reading these transcripts, uh, but uh, Matt LaFleur says Joe Barry will remain the defensive play caller for the rest of the season. Instant reaction to that, Trey Watson. How are you feeling about that? Uh, mixed feelings. I'd, I'd like some more accountability all around, uh, whether it's the players, Joe Barry, the play caller or, or coach LaFleur. Um, you gotta be real with yourself, man. You had so much laid out in front of you. Um, after two, you know, what great weeks between the lions game and the chiefs game. Um, and then you come up on what are two relatively easier opponents than the two previous ones you already showed you could win. And they did everything that they could possibly do to lose those games, particularly on defense. And those are just inexcusable things. So, you know, where do we go from here? 
how how does the rest of the season play out? Did we just shatter our own playoff hopes against two of the you know lesser performing teams in the league? We shall see. Yeah, and and I know everyone wants Joe Barry's head on a silver platter, and some of the stuff that Lafleur is talking about is blaming it on you know day one install stuff, basic communication errors, and he might be right. But at a certain point, whose fault is that? Like, do we have do we have not smart players playing on defense? I don't think that's true. I think they have smart players on defense. So where is this like, I mean, where does the communication error start with? Because you can't really play defense any more vanilla than Joe Barry does. So like that's confusing to me. Uh and, you know, the word that you used, I think that's correct, is accountability. It does seem just kind of like they're passing off blame on the players. And I don't like that. I don't like that at all. It, especially when, you know, you, like Quay Walker had a really interesting quote today when they asked him, you know, did Joe Barry address the team? And he said, yes, but I'd rather not get into that. I mean, that's not something that you say if everything's good, right? If if everyone is, uh, if everyone is on the same page about what they're doing with the the future of this team, I think it's also important to say. Um, oh, and this is interesting. This just popped up. He said, "Yeah, that's the plan. If I thought that was the best solution today, then we'd make that decision." And it seems like Matt is being very non-committal to Joe for next year. And to an extent, Trey, I, I get that to an extent because I don't know. I mean, it's a risky proposition to get rid of your defensive coordinator with three games left in the season that you need to win. And I know I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth right now. But I, I, I can at least kind of understand why you'd be like, hey, this is the guy we're just going to we're going to ride with this guy. And just that those words coming out of my mouth kind of hurt to say, but I don't I don't think the in season firing always helps as much as people expect it to. You know, you might get a game. And again, this is this is me. I'm talking through it right now. Um and I guess I just don't know. I don't know, man. Uh Really, really tough to watch. Really, really tough to watch this team that gave us so much hope and excitement. Just let it dribble down their leg because, I mean, really because of one side of the ball. I think the offense, you know, the New York game notwithstanding, uh, I mean, the offense gave them a lead at the end of the game. And then in this last game, I mean, man, they were the offense was good enough to win. They were good enough to win. Um, just being there, it just it felt like pretty early on in the game that there was a there's so much pressure on the shoulder of the, these offensive players immediately in the game because it was pretty evident pretty quickly that this defense was not just not going to get stops, and that changes the way you call a game. That's that changes the way you play. And, and when you have young players, I mean, it, it was jarring the the you know the, the lineups that they call. They called the offense, and it was rookie after rookie, after rookie. And they all played well, but they're still rookies. And, like, having to go into it with something like that, that's just – it's tough to put that much on those guys. 
uh, to kind of say, need you to be consistent play in and play out to win a shootout. That's tough. Just really tough with young players. But, um, and I guess, Trey, what, like, you know, we talked about this before the show. You know, you as someone that has played in this league and someone that's played football at a high level and understands football at a high level, what, what do, in your opinion, a, a healthy coach player relationship in the NFL, like what type of conversations need to happen between the coach and the player when things like this kind of start to unfold and maybe the players are starting to get a little bit frustrated with the scheme? Like how, you know, have you seen these types of conversations and have you, you know, participated in these types of conversations? Uh, yes and yes. At, at the professional level, man, everyone has a job to do. Everyone is getting paid for their role in being a successful football team. Um, so it, it, it's a two-way street. Yes, you know, you have to be respectful to your coaches, but your coaches also have to show that they respect you as players and are putting you in the best position to be successful because these guys, these guys aren't kids, man. They're not, they're not in high school. They're not, you know, just learning the game for the first time. They, for the most part, they know what works. They they know where they should be lined up. They they know basic techniques. Now it's about, hey, how can we fine-tune week to week to get our guys to play at the best level for who they're about to play against? Um, and there, there just has to be some level of accountability here in terms of, hey, this is what we have in front of us. This is who we are as players. This is all the first-round draft capital capital all the salary cap that's been invested into this defense at all three levels. Um, and yeah, there have been some injuries, but I mean, at, at this point, we, we know that's not a valid excuse for why this defense isn't performing. Um, you, you just have to, you have to find a way to, to do better. Um, saying that, you know, at, at what week 14 or, or whatever point we're at in the season now that you're, you're not able to execute day one install that that should never come out of anyone's mouth. Um, you, you absolutely have to be able to do that. I mean, day one installs, you're talking about over front, under front. You're talking about cover one, cover three. You're talking about plays that you should be able to call at any point in time during training camp, during your season, during the playoffs. And blindfolded, your players should be able to, hey, man, we got a, we got a trip set. The, the tight end is in, in line with the formation. Everyone should be able to line up. The nose tackle should be able to tell you where the corner is going to be because it, it's just so basic. Um, and like you said, like, you know, for the vast majority of, of the time, this defense does play some pretty vanilla concepts. They're not they're not lining up in, in exotic formations every play. They're not doing things where, you know, the disguise is so crazy that safeties are up at the line of scrimmage, but they have to play deep half responsibilities. It's not like someone is being asked to do too much. It's just whatever is being asked to do either is not being executed properly or it's just not what they should be being asked to do. So, you know, we can't we're on the outside looking in. We don't know which one it is. We don't know who is the at fault party more than the other. Maybe it's everyone. I mean, at some point, you got to say it's everyone. Right. Because they haven't been able to figure it out. And at the end of the day. Well, and it, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was, you know, it's Trey. I know you're you're newer to to following this team uh, really just a couple years, but mm -hmm. anyone that has followed this, this is this issue. You know, we've heard this with multiple coordinators 
and there's been multiple court like they the one of the main reasons the Packers were not able to win more than one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers is because they couldn't get him an average defense. I mean, the one year he had a good defense, they won the whole thing. And so, like, this is something that's been going on in Green Bay for over a decade. So at what point do you rip the whole thing down and say, from the way we build teams, we have to reevaluate the players that we're bringing in here. You know, what we think we know about defense and what we think we know about what these guys need to be on the defensive side of the ball we have to figure this out because it isn't it. And for and, and I love I love Goody. I think Goody is a hell of a talent evaluator. And I think the majority of his hits though are on offense. And it was kind of the same for Ted Thompson as well. Like Ted and Goody, they don't miss on wide receivers. They don't miss on offensive linemen. Like there are some here and there that you can pick and point to, but by and large those guys have been able to really do a good job of assembling, you know, offensive skill position guys and building up their offensive line on the offensive side of the ball. But defensively, both those guys have struggled to put together competent defense. And at, at a certain point, maybe it's the coordinator, maybe it's just, and that's kind of the whole point I'm making is how many coordinators do they need to go through before they just realize like, hey, what we're doing on the defensive side of the ball, you know, how we evaluate these guys, like what, whatever we think the right stuff is on defense, we need to go back to the drawing board because it isn't it. And I think, how do you do that? Like, that's, that's the big question too, is how do you do that? Because I don't think, I don't think Goody should lose his job. I don't think he should get fired. I think he's assembled really talented football teams and I would hate to see him go because of his inability to put defensive players on the side of the ball that are competent play in and play out. Um, I would hate to see him go because he would have had any hand in selecting these defensive coordinators. And I don't know if he does, but it, it's just, it's really, really tough. And, you know, back to the, you know, the communication piece uh, on the field, but off the field too, Trey, what you were just talking about, you know, you hear the, the really successful coaches in the national football league and, and Matt, Matt has said this before, too. I've heard these words out, come out of his mouth is, you know, when you're in the NFL, your colleagues, your colleagues with the players, it, it, there's no hierarchy. Like at, at a certain point, like, yeah, head coach makes the decisions and, and whatnot. But throughout preparation, throughout the week, throughout your installs and stuff, if you have a veteran team, uh, you're going to be able to have those conversations in the meeting rooms and in, in the preparation, in the installs, and your coaches are going to be presenting yourself with, you know, players and, and those, and those opportunities. So um, we can move on from there. Like, I, I don't know what else needs to be said about the defense, but I do want to talk about the offense. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Packer fans? It is time that you make Little Caesars, which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day routine. If you guys know anything about me whatsoever, you know that I love pizza, that every time the Packers win, I have a victory pizza. And what you should also know is that victory pizza is from Little Caesars. I This is no joke. Little Caesars, by far and away, my favorite pizza. What you can do is you can order online during their Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day on Sunday, and then you can get ready for football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza, pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. For me, I have the same order every single time. I'm going with their hot and ready pizza, pepperoni, no questions about it, and more importantly than anything else, always, 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 always get the crazy bread. It is in my opinion, the best food that you can get on the market. I'm not joking. I love crazy bread. Love, love, love crazy bread. Get it every single time. You win when you get crazy bread. And speaking of winning, literally everyone scores with convenient delivery or their in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends, enjoy a few slices during the game, and always get your victory pizza from Little Caesars. You won't regret it. Pizza, pizza. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Pick's favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making Prize Picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Price picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. So the offense has kind of been the silver lining for the last several weeks for this team. And I think this would be a really, really sad deal if we did not get the the flashes from Jordan Love, if we did not get the flashes, you know, from the Dontavion Wixes, from the Jaden Reeds. Oh, throw Tucker Craft in the mix now as well, because he looks like an absolute star in the making. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, Malik Heath making plays, you know, on a, on a weekly basis. Um, that's really exciting stuff and for this offense to kind of do this you know and they weren't they weren't lights out on Sunday they were not but they Mm -hmm. were good enough to win they were good enough to win a game against a mediocre team Um, and and we kind of hit on it earlier with 
you know, it's it's tough to ask all these rookies to go out there and go blow for blow with any NFL team with veterans, with an NFL team with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, even if your quarterback is Baker Mayfield, right? So it's it, it is a, a positive a positive development. I think Zach Cruz had a had a really great tweet talking about with you know Jordan Love when he targeted all these youngsters. I think his pass rating was above one thirty. You know, I think. Over 80% of his yards came from those guys. But, uh, you know, this is without Christian, too. And, and that's kind of part of it. And I think without Christian, this offense does look different, too. Because, and, and I should say without Christian and Luke Musgrave, because I think they both kind of offer at least that element of these guys will get behind you if you are not cognizant of where they're at at all times. I think uh, once those guys are healthy, you know, you see Wicks able to do what he's able to do. I mean, he's such a middle of the field monster. And you're starting to see what some of us saw at Virginia when he was there. You get the ball in his hands. He does not go to the ground. Um, it usually takes one or more, you know, one or more guys to kind of rally to him and get him to the ground because he's got such good short area quickness. Um, and I think obviously he's a tough guy playing with that high ankle sprain you know coming out and kind of battling through that you know Jaden Reed another kid who's shown his toughness throughout this year he keeps taking hits he keeps going to the blue tent and he's coming back out and finishing games so you know the future of this offense is is really really bright and Trey with Jordan with Jordan Love you know the question might be is he ever going to be that top five guy and the answer I'd have to that is you know maybe you know, we've seen him play at that level, maybe, but with these young skill position guys, if they develop and they've got the, these guys at a minimum, all of them at a minimum for three more years, Jordan doesn't have to be a top five guy. Let him be the 10th best quarterback in the league and see what happens. Right. I mean, Brock Purdy is a great example of this right now in San Francisco. Brock Purdy is not more talented than Jordan Love. Brock Purdy is not more talented than a lot of guys in the league. He's a smart quarterback, and I, this is not this is not Brock Purdy slander. He's he's a very good NFL quarterback. Like I'm I'm not going to get on here and dump on him. He should be the MVP this year. But look at his supporting cast. You know, if you're able to put Jordan in a system like that, where he and by the way, it is a system like that. Shanahan and Lafleur run a very similar scheme. But if you can give him the dogs that that they have in San Francisco. Like that's kind of what you're starting to talk about. Ken Jordan, you know, then with being a little bit more talented than Brock Purdy too, like what is that going to look like? So, you know, Trey, what's your excitement level, I guess, once we get all these guys back um, and hopefully we can get them back down the stretch. Uh, but what are your expectations and what do you expect to see from this offense kind of moving forward, even with all these young guys? I think one week at a time, all these guys on offense have shown that if it all comes together, the, the sky truly is the limit for the, the offensive core of weapons. Um, I mean, you've seen flashes in the pan from every single wide receiver, the tight ends. Jordan seems to show more and more elite plays by the week. But everything we've seen from this offense shows that at the minimum, their floor is some young, talented weapons who can make some things happen, right? Like, that's the least we can get from them moving forward as they mature, as they understand and, and kind of fall into their roles, um, as Lafleur understands, you know, how to better use all of them as a play caller, which we've already seen this season. 
they really can only continue to blossom into talking about, hey, do we have an elite core of guys, you know, like like a San Francisco where you can't can't double Debo, you can't focus, a, you know, two linebackers on on CMC or you know, hey, have your best safe, safety man to man on Kittle because someone else is going to burn you. Ayuk's going to make a play. Purdy's going to put a throw that's too good to cover. You know what I mean? So they have that kind of potential. And the, the best part about it is, is you don't have a bunch of clones. Like, you don't have a bunch of really fast guys. You don't have a bunch of slot receivers. You have guys whose skill sets complement each other. Everything that Christian, Wicks, Reed, Musgrave, Kraft, in terms of those being, you know, as of right now, the, the top five weapons, you'd say, out of that group, Everything they do, they can all five be on the field at the same time and absolutely cook. I mean, that's that's what you want to have, right? And you can you can just build so much off of what they've done so far. Now, obviously, you have to be available. That that factors into Christian and Luke and all the other guys at, at different points in time. Um, so it's just how often can they put it together and and when do they do that? How fast? Well, and you know, I put a tweet out there that just I just listed the names of those five guys. You know, Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, uh, Dontavian Wicks, Tucker Kraft, Luke Musgrave, Jordan Love. You know, like those six guys have a chance to be really, really special. And a lot of people were like, "Well, what about Romeo?" And like, yeah, Romeo's a good player, and and that just adds to it. You know, but it, those other five guys move the needle for me as far as guys that I think have legit star potential in this league and i don't say that lightly because i don't think those and, and that's what i mean is like those guys will be role players within the system here and i don't mean that negatively i just mean they complement each other well uh, but they're all guys that i think you actually have to account for you know if, if romeo and I, romeo isn't that like romeo is the guy that like if he's your wide receiver four you're thrilled about it and if malik heath is your wide receiver five you're thrilled about it like that's a really really deep room um but you know neither of you know i just don't think those guys are as diverse as these other guys you know those other five guys i listed and that's not a bad thing you know so uh you know we'll see with this offense i think they've got some guys they can add this offseason as well i mean they have a crap ton of top 100 picks and maybe they take a you know, maybe they take an ex- a, a running back or, or or something. You know, another explosive player that they could just throw into the mix, and it's it's tough. You never you never know. But, um, Trey, before we get out of here, we got the uh, Carolina Panthers this coming week, the current holders of the number one draft pick in the NFL draft, which means they are the worst team in the league. And if you've watched them, they're really really bad. They won last week. They beat Atlanta. Who Atlanta beat Green Bay. Bryce Young has been terrible. Like he has not looked the part as a as the first overall draft pick at all. And I think if you're a Panthers fan, you are circling this game and saying, well, look what this Packers defense has done for the past two quarterbacks. I mean, Tommy DeVito, NFC Player of the Week. Baker Mayfield is going to be NFC Player of the Week. And, I mean, for goodness sakes, uh, Tommy DeVito's uncle or agent, whoever that was, is in the freaking Italian-American Sports Hall of Fame. Like – Joe Barry has just absolutely made you know, kingmaker is what I keep saying. So Bryce Young, what do you got, buddy? Because if you can come out here and do what these other guys have, this might jumpstart your career. And if not, Carolina fans, it, it might be time to call this one. 
if Bryce Young does not come out and look like an NFL quarterback against this Packers defense, it might be time to call it. Um, I, I still, I cannot pick the Packers to lose this game. I can't. Uh, I think the Packers win this game, and I, I think they win it by two scores. Uh, but there's some reasonable doubt in my head after these last two weeks. But uh, I'm going to say 24 to 10, Packers win. Trey, what say you? There's must-win games for, for various reasons. You're talking about playoffs and all that stuff. Forget the playoffs at this point because we had we had the kind of – at least we had most of the control in that a couple weeks ago. We no longer have that. Um, so I'm not even going to talk about the playoff portion. Just in terms of respect, I don't care if it gives you – you know, you pick 13 instead of pick 11 where we're at right now. This game has to be won for the sake of losing the team. You just can't do it. Like you said, they, there's there's been not a single bright spot in Carolina this year. I mean, they fired a first-year head coach, what, barely halfway through the season? That just doesn't happen very often. So you absolutely can't lose this one. And it's a, a Christmas Eve game. Like, if you need some dang motivation, hey, come back to your family and be able to enjoy Christmas not having just lost to the Carolina Panthers who actually don't even own the number one pick because Chicago has it. So, you know, I saw someone say that uh, if, if the Panthers do win, then the bears get, get a worse pick. Maybe they pick two instead of one. Is that a silver lining? Heck no, because the bears have their own problems. Uh, we we kind of need to be worried about us, but this, this is a game you have to win. You have to win convincingly. If you want to give anyone any hope, of doing what you need to do at the end and and earning potentially a, a spot in the playoffs. Um, at the end of the day, like you're just a better team than them. Like you go out and you don't sack DeVito a single time against the worst offensive line in football. The Panthers probably have the second worst offensive line in football. If you go over two and getting sacks against two of the worst O lines out there, man, we're like what are, what are we doing? You got a quarterback who hasn't thrown a touchdown in over a month this ain't the time to start. It's really not. Um, so if they can just give us anything, like I think I did this a couple of weeks ago. This isn't what I want the score to be. It needs to be like a 27-3 game, 27-6. Anything other than that, and I mean, you just didn't hold up your end of the bargain. Like if this is a come down to the wire game, that's not very good. If you lose, like, by more than three points, it's awful. Like, you know, the ship has sunk. Like, not even not even sinking. You're at the bottom of the ocean next to the Titanic. You lose this football game. Um, and all, all the talk and all the hype and all the energy that the fan base had literally just three weeks ago uh, will have vanished in a matter of the time between December 1st and Christmas Eve. So it'd be – It'd be a very, very unmerry Christmas for the Packers fan base if they go out there on Christmas Eve and, and lay an egg. So just can't happen. Yeah, they need to win, and they, they need to win impressively. And I think that it needs to be the message all week. Um, and we'll see how they respond. You know, this is still a young team, and it's not, you know, we're, we're getting down to that not being the excuse anymore, right? Like this is a team that they are young, they are rookies, but they all got – 15 weeks under their belt or whatever it is. Like you're not really a rookie anymore. Like the, this, you have to start raising the standard for yourself as well. Next year, going, going into next year, that will not be an excuse. 
being young, not anymore. They've got, you know, guys with a year under their belt in this system. They've got a quarterback with a year under his belt. Like they should be a team ready to the playoffs should be the should playoffs should be the bare minimum standard for next year. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, start playing with that standard. Now you would have liked, you thought we thought we were seeing it. We thought we were there, but not quite yet. So, um, and, and I'll still give them some leeway on that. I will, but uh, the excuses are, are running out and we are running out of time. Uh, we will catch you guys here next week. Um, hopefully talking about a dominant victory over the Carolina Panthers, but until then go pack. Go.